You're listening to The Author's Leverage, where it's all about your book and how to create a greater impact and a greater income with it. This podcast is for the author who knows there's more you can do with that book. Whether you're publishing your first one ever or you've written multiple bestsellers, the path to greatness begins by looking around and seeing that you are, at this moment, standing right in the middle of your own acre of diamonds. My friends, your book is a brand. I'm Parshel Tashi, creative entrepreneur and education design architect, and I'll be your guide diving into the minds of successful authors, renowned publishers, and industry experts to glean practical wisdom you can integrate into your book writing, launch, and marketing strategies today. You'll hear straight from the source how authors like you were able to publish their best work and build wildly profitable, successful businesses around it. Welcome aboard the Author's Leverage. Hello and welcome. This is another episode of The Author's Leverage, and I'm so happy and thrilled. I have the opportunity to speak with some amazing leaders, authors, publishing experts, book writing coaches, everyone who is supportive and connecting with authors to make a difference in the world today. And so I am excited to have on the show today a wonderful, wonderful author, book writing coach. You're going to learn a lot about her in a minute, but this is her book, A Call to Becoming. I want to shout this out right now because it's such an incredible read. I have uh, a couple of copies that I've been giving a couple away as well because it's so transformative. But I want to introduce you to Sue Brightman. Sue Brightman is the founder and CEO of Brightman Glover International. She's an international uh, and an Amazon bestselling author and executive coach and retreat leader for women and work-life transitions. And she's a book coach for first-time women authors. She's been researching the breakthrough stage of life. Women over 50 are pioneering, blasting out of the water, the old narrative of decline and disengagement. Her book, A Call to Further Becoming, uh, the, the new declaration from women over 50, pronounces 10 key themes and how they're being pioneered by women everywhere. Prior to her over 50 Reinvention, Sue led conscious business culture change programs and consulting services to some of the world's largest global organizations. And she combines her business expertise, her publishing expertise, her experience, her spiritual practice and research about women in their in her suite of services. So I'm so, so excited to have with us today, Ms. Sue Brightman. Sue, thanks for being here. I'm delighted to be here with you, Parchel. Thank you for having me. Yes, this is so exciting. I mean, I... As I mentioned, I've got two copies of these sitting around the house right now, um, but we're actively being read. This one has a bookmark in it right now <laughs> of the holder spot. Um, this is so, so good. And and the, the theme in which you've laid out is so powerful, especially for women who are over 50. And so I would like to kind of introduce this topic and ask you, why reinvention? What? How, how do you define what reinvention is? Uh, you know, I love, Parchel, in your introduction, when you said the break for, breakthrough stage for women over 50. Um, I don't even know if I actually use that phrase on the book cover or anything, but I love that you named that. Because in reality, that is what's happening for this new stage of life over 50. Right. And cultural anthropologists have begun to point to this, that not just women, women and men over 50, particularly 50 to 70 something, are really pioneering a whole new stage of life. And so 
we've, you know, there, there's been lots of conversation in the past, I think, about reinventing. That's a word that we've heard for a long time, right? We're constantly, hopefully, refreshing and reinventing ourselves and identifying what is it we want to be doing? Who am I? Um, who am I in relation to others? There is a particular flavor, though, for women over 50 about this whole domain called reinvention and uh, being in a breakthrough stage. And so that's what my research and what my book is about. Indeed, we're really, truly pioneering a whole new narrative. Absolutely. And, and for a lot of women that are listening who are at 50, beyond 50, about to approach 50, what are some of the concerns that you hear pretty often that they're dealing with, uh, maybe that are unspoken? Yeah, a lot of them, I think, are unspoken, indeed. Um, so, you know, we've been kind of sold a bill of, they're not goods, a, a bill of a, a bill of bad goods, um, that something happens as years go on, particularly the years over 50 and over 60, that those years are marked by decline, disengagement, um, going gray, going away, no longer being in a position of being able to be of benefit to others, um, no longer being in a position to lead. And those that narrative is so old and so worn and so not true. And so to your question about what is it um, that women are facing when they come into the age and stage over 50, and the longer over 50, the more this becomes true, we haven't yet um, we, we haven't yet changed the cultural narrative to catch up with the realities that are going on. So the realities that are going on is that when women are coming into their 50s and living out their fifth decade, women are truly on fire with their careers, with identifying who am I and what am I done with? And as we go into the sixth decade, which I can talk more about, this is even more true as we put behind us the things that we simply are not going to live with, are not going to do anymore, are not going to accept. And the reality is we're embarking on and pioneering a whole new narrative. But there is a wilderness period. There's sort of a disorienting period that we go through when we, um, we aren't so sure whether or not um, the culture is going to accept our continuing to become and whether or not there is room for the leadership that we are ready to express um, to be welcomed. And so those are some of the silent questions and concerns that women, maybe men too, but it's women who I studied, uh, tend to face the longer we are over age 50. That, and the key word that you said was pioneering, right? And this stage of being uncertain, like, where am I going? Who am I? All these yeah. questions that that come up. And, and in that wilderness period, I mean, it's, I imagine, because I'm not at 50 yet, <laughs> but uh, in, in approaching that, that stage of, of life, like you said, it's a fifth, fifth decade. Um, and, and, but now, more women are on fire. Like you mentioned, there's completely different, you know, path that's being set for women right now. Why, what do you think has made the biggest difference? Because even if we went back two or three decades now, I don't, I don't know if it would be the same, <laughs> the same yes. that's happening today. 
Yes, it, it's something I, I love witnessing. I love talking about it. I love continuing to see how this new narrative is being expressed by women. First of all, just to go back to a point that you made um, about, you know, this really is a very new time for women over 50. I, when I myself was over 50, I'll just say for history um, and, and over 55, I came to this um, wilderness period, this period that was very disorienting to me, knowing that I, it wasn't right for me to continue doing what I had been doing for my whole career. I loved it, but I felt a natural sense of completion with it. And I can say more about that in a few minutes, but I'll just say that um, in, in kind of looking at that and reading everything I could get my hands on about what's going on for women at this stage, because I'm so not done. And yet this narrative still hangs on about us disappearing and disengaging. And the reason I bring this up is I came across the work of Mary Catherine Bateson, Margaret Mead's daughter, cultural anthropologist. She just passed away about a year ago. And she said, Parchel, that for the first time in human history, we have a whole new stage of life that we've never had before. And it's because of age or, or lifespans, right? So we used to go from what? Childhood, adolescence, adulthood, elderhood. Right. And right. so this notion of elders, becoming an elder, you know, that kind of gets introduced when you start getting your AARP package and you're thinking, I am so not an elder. And what Mary Catherine Bateson lear or learned or discovered and announced is that there is literally a whole new stage of life. We go from adulthood one to adulthood two and then elderhood. So, aha, here comes this word that I... When I heard it, I fell in love with it. It was so, it, it took some of the mystery and disorientation out of why, why this felt like such a wilderness period. And it's because we literally are pioneering what this stage of life looks like and what it is. We're the ones who are laying down new tracks for women behind us. Um, so coming to your the other question, which is just so fun and so alive, is given that and given everything else going on in the world right now, and the fact that so many of our systems are not working for humanity, this is a time when women are coming into co-equal partnership with men to rewrite, reshape, re, um, recreate systems that will work for all. And it's my belief and the belief of many, many women everywhere that we have particular characteristics and embodied wisdom that enables us to bring that to the table. And this is the time when we're doing it. That's powerful. There, it, it is a very unique time. So much has changed. Because you're right, we understood it was like you're a kid, then you're a teenager, then you go into adulthood, and then you're, you know, <laughs> an elderly person. But you're right, there's this new segment of life that's being defined. But something that you said earlier, you said it's like you have a sense of completion, but it's not, but it's not over. 
how how do you how does one navigate that? You you, you call it wilderness, but what are some of the things that you have um, sort of walked away in your experience to be um, key principles or key elements that helped you through that transition of like, okay, I have this sense of completion, but I'm not done yet. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things is indeed um, getting in touch with and identifying what we are done with. So in fact, I devote a whole chapter in my book to one of the declarations, which is called done with that. Because when I interviewed a hundred women over age 50, I, I heard in the interviews and one of the themes that came through we get very clear, the longer we're young, as I like to put it, what we're done with, what we're not going to live with anymore, what we know we need to put in the rearview mirror in order to be who we're wanting to be and do what we're wanting to do. So one thing that's very helpful is to identify without any fear and without any judgment about it, what it is that we're done with. I then found, Parchal, that there were certain paths that women have found helpful in navigating forward through that wilderness period that I talked about. One of them, I've, I've, I've written about these extensively in my book, and it was a thrill for me to, to, to be able to put together through these interviews, okay, how did, these, how did these line up? If I'm to give advice to women about how they might navigate the way forward, you know, what are some things to think about and put into play uh, that will be helpful. One of them is that many women were able to go forward in uh, with new activities, different activities that lit them up, like I did, um, by what I call um, birthing the new with threads from the old. So not necessarily stepping away from all the things we've done in the past that we've loved and we're very good at and we have dynamite experience at, but taking pieces or threads of those and walking them into something different that might be a pivot, it might be a new business, all kinds of possibilities. But that's one way that women um, that I interviewed and that I've coached in my, in my practice have found um, as a way forward that they want to go while dropping some of the things that they're done with. Another example is um, freedom and experimentation. So giving ourselves permission to just say, uh, I, I want to experiment. I'm not exactly sure what I want to do now. Um, and I'm going to experiment with some things and not be attached to the outcomes and, and not be attached to whatever you know success might look like with those things, but rather experiment because I want to experiment and see how I feel about myself doing whatever it might be. An example is an attorney that I interviewed, very successful attorney. She just didn't want to keep practicing law in the way that she had. She didn't want to sit in a air conditioned office and look out, um, you know, mini blinds every day. She just was done with that. Um, and she decided that she wanted to experiment with something she'd al always thought about, which was learning how to teach yoga. Talk about a change, right? She did that for a year and a half and uh, and discovered that was not what she wanted to do full time. And fast forward, uh, there's a there's a she came back into doing law, but in a very different way with a different set of clients. And the last that's the second one, the last path 
that women have found um, just kind of helpful in navigating the wilderness is uh, what I call continuing the old um, from a new place. It's sort of, you know, in, in Buddhism, they talk about a beginner's mind and coming into or staying with the work, but doing it in a very different way, infusing it with a different sense of self, right? So not needing to step away per se, but investing in oneself. What is it that I find joy in, in doing this work, really coming into it with a beginner's mind? And um, many examples in the book about women who did that. Um, and so those are three paths that, and I, I work with those three paths when I'm doing one-on-one -on -one retreats with women, just as prompters for how you might think about what you'd like to do next. That's so powerful. And I love how, even in how this book is laid out and designed, I mean, it, it's just, um, how would I say, it's just, even in the way you're describing these paths, it's like it's a comforting and supportive path for for a number of, of women uh, experiencing that wilderness stage and not sure of where to go. And everything that you're you're saying, the feeling behind it is like there's no right or wrong. Let's explore with what we already have, right? Yeah. Those experiences you already have. And and you know, in terms of the no right or wrong, there's also, you know, one of the things that we so often are just not given permission in our society to think of as legitimate is ways of being not just what do I want to do but how do I want to be what are some parts of myself that I want to spend more time exploring some women find this a rich time for more spiritual growth and development some women find this a time of really wanting to um, to take time to, to journal, to write, to spend time in nature, you know, to, to lean into relationships that there hasn't been as much time for. And so another key theme that I found is that ways of being are just as important as ways of doing and what we want to do. It's not just a matter of what do I want to do? But the name of the book, A Call to Further Becoming, yes. is really that permission. What am I becoming? What am I dropping away? Um, and how can I give myself full permission in the sovereignty of our years and our 50s, 60s, even 70s to, um, to explore a, a way of being that is fulfilling and, and expressive and joyous and creative. And it's absolute garbage that these later years <clears throat> are times when, um, when we're, we're um, as, as I mentioned earlier, declining or disengaging. The opposite is actually true. That is so powerfully said. You keep using the word joyous and uh, celebration and things that really are just supportive. Uh, in this transition and just seeing a new path uh, forward. So I just want to, I want to switch gears now a little bit and talk a little bit more about the book publishing side of things, because as we've kind of discussed so far, each one of these stories uh, and the number of stories out there of women 
their voices, our voices uh, are coming up, they're rising up. And that's really, really exciting, especially in the world of publishing. So before we get to that, I do want to quickly highlight for the listeners and those that are watching about a new V-book that we have coming out, not e-book, but V-book. It's a really exciting spin on it, but it's called Get More Bang for Your Book. And we talk about the ways that authors can further leverage what they've already created and repurposing it. So if you're interested in checking that out and joining the wait list for that, go over to theauthorsleverage.com to sign up and to be notified once that is released, which will be out this summer. All right. So Back to this. Uh, why is it so important today uh, that women's voices are more widespread in the world today, especially in the in the publishing side of things? Mm-hmm. One of the reasons I started doing book coaching is that the voices of women and the perspectives and the embodied wisdom that women have and walk with every day is so needed in the world. And I think, and and you know this very well, Parchal, that the the writing a book, publishing a book, just can feel like such a huge, mysterious, um, even burdensome process to even think about. And what I discovered, I discovered a lot of women who said to me when I interviewed them, "I I have a book in me," and they would talk about what it was that they wanted to share from their experiences. And most of these women were really high achieving women um, and had a lot to share in terms of their experiences that other women and others in the world would would, um, benefit from. And and yet that climb of how do I write it? How do I get it published? um, Seemed so daunting that many women I found just stopped uh, in their tracks. And I decided after writing my book, and I did not consider myself an author. I was, uh, a, you know, I'm I'm someone who loves to write, but I I had not um, I had not planned over a period of time that I'm going to write a book. What I really wanted was to discover what's going on with women over fifty. And I interviewed a hundred of them, and all of a sudden I've got you know material for a book that I wanted heard. So um, because this is such a time. When women's wisdom, women's natural ways of of collaborating, of communicating, of including, of being sensitive about others, leaning in and listening, right, Uh, multitasking, these these skills that women have that we've carried with us, um, and the perspective that we bring from having observed. The um, I guess I would say the the main powers that be the patriarchal powers over a period of decades, millennia, right? The power of our observation and our being in positions now where we can employ and enact some of the things that we know work better than the systems we've been working in. You know, the time is now, and so I decided to coach women like me who aren't necessarily born to be authors or that wasn't our plan, but have a message that the world needs coming from our experience. So I do offer book coaching now for first-time women authors, and we just take the mystery and the burden out of the process. 
We walk forward with a plan. Um, I absolutely love helping to give voice to women's messages, just like you do in the work you do now of authors coming to you and being able to put their books into courses and to, you know, to, to expand them even more. So this is the time when women's voices are needed and books and courses are an awesome way to go. A hundred percent. I, and thank you for, for saying that it, it really is a unique time. And I feel like uh, I was reading a book recently um, where it said that a lot of the issues that are in our world and our society are really just uh, a stem of a lack of leadership. Um, and, and it really makes me think of just really that, that the fact that more women's voices are rising up, that it's just balancing things. It's giving yes. more of um, uh, just the equilibrium to what's needed around more of a whole, I say a more well-rounded voice collectively, yes. right? For yes. things being whole, <laughs> things yes. coming together. We do need the, the hustle, go get them, but we also need right? A different voice, that other side that uh, is more nurturing, that's coming from a place of deep wisdom, naturally, you know, like, that's just yes. uh, really empowering to, to know and see that you're a part of that work. Yes, yes. Uh, there's a, a woman who many of us know and have followed and, and deeply appreciate Lynn Twist, who herself is in her 70s now. And I just went through a leadership course with Lynn called the Sophia program. One of the things Lynn says, Parchal, to your point, is that she she uses the metaphor that the bird of humanity has two wings and it's been the masculine wing that has been utilized um, that has been um, continuing to um, to be expressed and that it has become over expressed in our societies not just the the society that you and I live in but worldwide and that this is a time when the feminine wing is coming into equal partnership with the masculine wing in order to keep the bird of humanity aloft. Now, you talk about no small message. We're not just saying, wouldn't it be great for girls and women to have the same opportunities? We're not just saying that. We're saying the bird of humanity needs the feminine, if you will, the feminine characteristics, which of course men can imbibe and express as well. This is not women versus men, and it's it's certainly not dialing men out of the equation. That's not the point at all. But the characteristics of nurturing and including and being empathic and collaborating, right? All of those things which women um, hold and walk with not exclusionary to men, but in this wonderful partnership with the qualities that we might think of as masculine qualities, both are needed. And because the masculine's been overexpressed, Lynn Twist talks about, that's why this is a time when the feminine must and is coming into co-equal partnership. It's about keeping the bird of humanity flying. So it's everything when we talk about women's leadership it's it's everything it's huge and you know that the leadership component to 
uh, this bird of what did you say? The, the human, the bird of humanity is what bird she of called humanity. It. That's such a it, it, it's so it makes a lot of sense, right? <laughs> Beautiful. Just to see that, yeah. that imagery, it's really powerful. Yes. What yes. would be your message to women? I mean, I see leadership connected to us being able to communicate and use our voice and books are an incredible media to do that. So what's your advice? What do you share with a woman who is a first time author, right? That's looking to approach this world. What is the number one piece of advice that you would share with them? Wow. Number one, um, I, I, the thing that comes to mind right now, there's, there's so many that go hand in hand, but it's let, let's not wait and think that everything has to be perfect before we draft the book, before we reach out to explore whether or not there really is a book that is wanting to be written, before we apply for the promotion or speak up about how it is and why it is that we're ready for a leadership position now. So I think, I don't know, there's so many number one pieces of advice I would give, but one of them for sure is women, you are so needed in leadership positions. Let's not wait and let's not fall for the narrative that everything has to be perfect or even that we have to be completely ready. But let's step into it and let's help each other to step into larger roles where we can use all of our creativity, all of who we are and what we know. Um, step forward and ask for help. I believe women are there for each other now. So I guess that would be my bundled, my bundled piece, pieces of advice, Parchel. <laughs> you asked for one and you got five. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Sue, thank you so much for being here. We're starting to wrap up the conversation. I do want to, again, highlight this incredible book. Uh, please go check it out. We're going to have a link uh, below this post and wherever you're going to see this episode. And again, it's called A Call to Further Becoming, The New Declaration for Women Over 50. Definitely, mm -hmm. definitely just going to put it front and center for everyone to see. <laughs> this is such Thank a good you. read and uh, an amazing gift. Mother's Day is coming up. So, hey, this is a really, really great read. I think I'm going to send one to my mom, too. She just uh, retired and started a new business. And, you know, just to see these women doing that, it's incredible. Um, so you've got the book. You've also got your retreats that are coming up this year, as well as your book, book coaching for those that are first time authors. So um, where else can others contact you if they want more information? Uh, best places to go to my website. Um, people can pop onto my calendar for a conversation about their books or one-on-one -on -one retreats or just read more about what other women are doing. So suebrightman.com. Beautiful. And we're going to have that link below as well. And as we wrap up this conversation, I have one other question for you. I believe in simplicity and the power of words. And so if there was one word that you could share that really uh, sums up a message that you want other people to get, you know, Sue Brightman's word, what would that one word be? It could be an action. It could be a noun. It could be, I know it's a, it's a good, it's, <laughs> it's, that's a, I love the question. And you know, the word that comes to me, Parchel, um, somewhat surprisingly to me, it's um, express, Ooh. express. If we all 
take that on, expressing ourselves fully. I think that would be it, at least today. Wonderful question. It made me think. Good, good, good. Well, you guys heard it here. Express is Sue's word, such a powerful word. And uh, and wrapping this up, too, I mean, the name of this conversation is The Author's Leverage. So I usually ask every guest, what does that mean when you hear that term? When I think about author's leverage, I didn't know this question was coming, but I, I, I think about what you're doing. You are expressing, expanding. You are providing channels for the voices that need to get out and are ready to express out there um, to be leveraged. And so to, for authors like myself, Parchel, who it, it's, it's not just a given that there are other platforms, right, that you automatically can find support and help and expansion of what a book is about. I think you are embodying and enacting what leverage for an author is, is all about. And how awesome is that for women? And I'm going to make this specific to women. I know you work with men as well. But I'm just going to say for for women to not only have a voice, but to have avenues like the one you're providing for the messages to be um, to be to have a ripple effect. So that's what author's leverage means to me. It's you. Yeah, (laughs) I appreciate that. That's um, that's very, very kind to say. I appreciate that. And that that is what we're here for. So Mm -hmm. anyone who's listening. Uh, thank you for being here. Thanks for joining us in this conversation. Sue, thank you for being here and sharing your wisdom and your excitement for what you're doing right now. It's just all over you. And it's just exciting to be a part of part of this conversation today. So thank you again. Thank you so much, Herchel. All right. And for those uh, tuning in, thanks again for being here. This is the author's leverage. Uh, be sure as well. Again, we have our V book that is on the uh, there's a wait list right now. It's going to be coming out this summer. So if you're interested in learning about more ways that you can repurpose what you've already published, this is a really uh, a wonderful resource that my team and I have put together. So until next time, we'll see you then. This is The Author's Leverage. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Author's Leverage. You can subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcast. Hey, do me a favor. If you found this helpful, leave us a review and share this episode with someone it could help along their journey. To check out more resources, visit theauthorsleverage.com. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time.